This episode of Grunt Work brought to you by the Benford 3000 Turbo Ignition Switch Torch. Along with Rosemary, Wisconsin Sharp Cheddar Cheese, and Iron Butterflies Doug Ingle. Now we gotta pay royalties. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Grunt Work, the podcast where we watch home improvement every single week uh, until we see the whole series. I'm... Or, or until we die, whichever comes first. <laughs> you never know today. Uh, or any I'm... day. It could, death could come for us at any time. I'm sorry to interrupt your 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 introduction to remind you of your mortality. Please go on. Uh, I am joined with my co-host, Truman. I am Landon Solano. Welcome. Welcome to you, sir. Welcome. How are you today? I'm I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, partially, uh, partially because of some wine that I'm drinking, and partially because of the episode of Home Improvement that we just watched. It was a good one. It was good. You know what? It wasn't as I feel like last week's was sort of the the uh, pinnacle of like what I think a sitcom episode should be. Yeah. This week was just fun. It wasn't necessarily well constructed, but it right. was just kind of just they played to all their strengths. Touch on it before we get too deep into the episode. Before. I did have something happen to me this week. What that, happened? Uh, it was a weird revelation, a weird home improvement revelation. Okay, go. I was walking down the street and I saw a regular uh, of the neighborhood, someone that I'm on you know cordial terms with, will nod and say hello. Mm-hmm. And as I walked by him, I gave him the toolman salute. And realized wait that's and that's two fingers to the forehead the two then, fingers two finger salute and that feels like a well what that, was that no nope, that's, that's don't read too much into that folks you're gonna <laughs> you're it's gonna take you to some places you don't want to be oh I'm just yep uh, anyhow I did I saluted him which is something that I've done my entire life and then realized it's from home improvement oh my god it's been in your it's been in your life this whole time. You yes. didn't even know. It's like been a nervous tick of mine. You know, when people are leaving my apartment or whatever, and be like, yeah, but you know, say drive safe. I'll do this little like salute. And it totally can be tied back to home improvement. Oh my God. I, you've done that to me and I've never picked up on it. <laughs> wow. This is weird, man. The, the I, show, the show has seeped into your subconscious. Seriously, and this is the sort of stuff that I was hoping that I would start to reveal about myself. It's going to be like better than therapy. Yeah. I'm going to learn all of my problems by watching home improvement. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Uh, home improvement, better than therapy, cheaper also. <laughs> That's why the nineties that's why the nineties were so much simpler. Everyone in America was watching this show and just working out all their issues and we were all in therapy. And nowadays, yeah. you know, Big Bang Theory doesn't do that for you. <laughs> Bazinga. <laughs> it just uh, you need therapy from that, if anything. Exactly. Um yeah, so why don't why don't we get into the episode? Because this is Let's. one of my favorites. Uh I'm I'm surprised at how many classics that I remembered that came in this first batch. Really? Yeah. So what do we got? Well, well, so so this episode this episode uh, is basically about it's about two it's got a real A story and a B story both joined by Tim. Uh, the A story around the house is that 
is that the boys, uh, Mark and, well, okay, uh, it's Brad and Randy. Yeah. I keep trying so hard not to say Justin, this imaginary <laughs> Taylor brother who I just want to be there the who hidden, is not. The Justin brother. Yeah, uh, the, the fourth member of the boy band. Uh, <laughs> I feel like sooner or later, Brad and Randy are going to do a joke about, oh, no, Justin was another brother. <laughs> so uh, Brad and Randy are picking on Mark, the adorable one. and yeah, Not so adorable in this episode. Uh, yeah, you're right. I in, mean, he's in my personal opinion, he, he's rapidly aging out of it. Even in this first yeah. season, uh, God, the, Zachary Ty Bryant is going to have <laughs> so many issues. If you ever listens to this, we love you, sir. That, well, Zachary Ty Bryant is Brad. Taryn Noah Smith. Smart. See, this is great. I think I feel like I compensate for you being Rain Man by remember. I like I'm retaining or remembering none of the relevant information <laughs> from the show. I am just color commentary. I just. <laughs> want to clarify in case they are listening. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know who you are. Well, 50% of us know who 50% you are. 50% of us know who you are. Yeah. Uh, so the the point is they are being yes. they're being mean to Mark. Uh, they're not including him in all of their reindeer games. They're not taking him to the park <laughs> with them. Um, also, what a simple, lovely time, the 90s, when parents would let their three under 13 kids go to the park together and just chill. Yeah, walk there by themselves. Alone. Uh, Brad and Randy, not including Mark in their games, uh, Tim and Jill endeavor to teach them a lesson. Well, first, Jill tries to just tell them, hey, we're a family, we all need to look out for each other, and uh, convince them to include Mark in their in their shenanigans, and that doesn't really work. Uh, Brad and Randy, when Mark tries to hang out with them again, they tell him, no, we're aliens and mom and dad are aliens, we're going to suck your brains out. <laughs> Mark, in true, uh, sorry for that hiccup there, folks, <laughs> uh, that's me trying to suck my brains out. Uh, so then Mark, in true Mark fashion, goes to Tim and Jill and tells them exactly what his brother has told him, and uh, his parents tell him, no, that's that's ridiculous. And then Tim and Jill hatch a plan using some of their old eight tracks and to, uh, to convince Brad and Randy that they actually are aliens using yeah. a strobe light and the uh, 1968 hit In a God and a Vita by Iron Butterfly. Should have looked that up before I started recording. <laughs> Uh, so, so they, they throw a scare into the kids, which somehow teaches them to be nice to their brother again. Uh, but it's mostly just good television. It's more fun to watch than a stern talking to. And then in the B plot, uh, Tim and Al on, on, uh, Tool Time. Wait, was I right? 1968? Yeah, <sighs> First try. Uh, so then on the set of Tool Time, uh, Tim and Al have a bunch of construction site workers on who are just basically demoing for them how they uh, cook up food using their power tools on site. Yeah, they do. They would, And that's just it? That's just the whole thing? Just some good old-fashioned site gags? Yep. And uh, then the audience the, loves them. <laughs> they do. And then the C plot is Tim is making some chili. And uh, we never really find out what happens with the chili. <laughs> There's rumors of cauliflower going in. Yeah. And Jill makes a fart joke that is really original that I had not heard before. <laughs> and I appreciated it. But that's that's for our deep dive. Yeah. So this is one of your favorite episodes? Uh, memorable episode. I would it, say... Not... It, it's it seems clip show heavy. Like yes. this is like made for the clip shows. It absolutely is, and it will be when we get to the clip shows, which I'm sure there are many of them. But um, how, but how do we podcast about the clip shows? Do we do do we reminisce about our favorite moments from the podcast? Yeah, we're gonna just take uh take clips from us talking about it and string those together the way 
that they do in the that um, that week we're getting a week off <laughs> except me because i'm gonna have to edit all that together but landon gets a week off <laughs> but then i'm gonna have to put it on the website and comment on it so nobody gets a week off let's just do a podcast there's no such thing as a free lunch kids <laughs> hard work gets you everywhere um yeah so i re-watching it now does it is it one of my favorites actually yeah i would put it maybe my top three i'd need to like really look at them uh, to know where it falls but top, top three of all 200 episodes or top three no, 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 of the of eight what we've, we've seen. watched so okay. far good all right yeah, the eight. yeah fair um because it's just as you said it's just good fun they're having fun on set making yeah this. and that's always you know uh, you get the the kind of deeper episodes which are you know good and it helps bring out the characters and get you invested in the show but sometimes you just got to cut loose yeah and you know not take things so seriously which is you know, we've talked about this on previous episodes where you think an episode is going to turn deep or turn in a direction that seems kind of stereotypical of, you know, sitcom fodder mm-hmm. and ends up being more playful. Yeah. This one is just balls to the wall fun from start to end. There's no like they're not really going to punish the kids. It's like <laughs> we're going to get back at the kids. And <laughs> I love that. That's the dynamic. Yeah, Jill is just 100% on board to join in in Tim's shenanigans well, she, this week. She's a little hesitant. She's like, let's try actually parenting first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we'll get into uh, tormenting them. Yeah. I think, honestly, what it is, we needed to have an episode like last week's, and even well, even this week, just that they're using the show. They're at least incorporating Tool Time and Al yeah. into the show and using them more. And that, like, I'll go along with anything so long as you actually utilize all of the tools <laughs> at your disposal. Yeah, that's true. Well, I imagine, uh, not imagine, I know that down the line, once Al becomes much more integral to the, the series, they do veer away from tool time a lot more. So yeah. I'm basically just trying to set you up for, you know, disappointment. Look, Don't well, be disillusioned. Well, that that's fine. <laughs> down the line. I, look, if we get Al, just Al is so good. Al he is, is fantastic. Just, he yeah. plays off, t- like, he, it's him and Patricia Richardson yeah. make the show because and they... And re- Taryn Noah Smith. Uh, yes, and ter- uh, yeah, and Zachary <laughs> Ty Bryant. Uh, they, they all, I, cause I think we've watched, we've watched some clips and at some point we should probably play for you guys clips of Tim Allen's comedy, mm-hmm. like basically one 30 second comedy routine that is home improvement the entire series. Yeah. And it doesn't, well, I mean, it obviously works on stage because it got him this TV show and all this money and <laughs> yeah. launched his career. But for us, it doesn't work because it's just, just him grunting, mm-hmm. but it really, the show succeeds because he's bouncing off his, his stoic coworker and his wife who is just smarter and more put together than he is. Yeah, you know, I I'm gonna make a bold claim here, and I don't I don't think that I'm gonna uh, back it up after I say it, but I'm gonna say this, it. Anyway. This is great. I'm excited. <laughs> go go ahead, Mr. Spicer. <laughs> I think that um, when you're talking about a comedian stand up act translating to a successful sitcom, I mean, you've got Roseanne who had a, you know obviously a very successful thing and. But it's really like Bill Cosby, despite his decisions. Despite <laughs> that's the most diplomatic way to refer to it. His choices in life, just just um, nasty, nasty choices. It's really you know you look at how his um, stand up and his storytelling really uh, informed the Cosby Show as being this wholesome thing, and and really getting into the family unit and looking at it more than just caricature. Um, there's there's something to Tim Allen's stuff too that's really like touching on something that is begging to be explored in a narrative fashion. Yeah, uh, which is why I think it, it's working so well. 
Yeah, because so much of the show, I think going into this, we thought the show, you know, as much as we enjoy what it's about and we have love for the show, I think we also thought going in, oh, it's all just going to be, the show doesn't know what it is. It's all just going to be men making jokes about dumb women. But it's, we see this especially in the Wilson bits, like mm-hmm. the the, they, the writers were aware of kind of the deeper psychological stuff and yeah. male power jockeying and how, how childish men can be. And Tim Allen's stand-up, I think, was kind of a satire on this, but the show was able to explore it in a deeper way. Yeah. Um, how that ties into this episode, <laughs> I'm not really it sure. I think we're just... every episode. We're just kind of ruminating on on just the, the philosophy... Have some more wine. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm, well this, I killed the bottle, man. I can't have it. This, <laughs> this glass is all I have. The philosophy yeah. of home improvement. Yeah. Um... Well, let's get let's get into the nitty gritty of this. Episode, let's dive deep because I'm I'm itching, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, scratch that itch. All right. Well, I'm so. sure you were super excited that we open with tool time. I let out a little. I, I barely could stifle my glee. <laughs> uh, so, with, with the way that it starts out, Tim is talking about um, getting a nail into a board without using your hands, and he's got this little contraption. He's using a bobby pin to hold the nail so that you don't have to hold it with your fingers so you're not smashing your hand. That's that. I gotta say, that scarcely counts as a contraption because it's like one part, and then... <laughs> I feel like a contraption has to have at least five parts. Like, a cocktail has to have three okay. ingredients. How many How many does a machine have to have? Oh, Jesus, dude. I don't know. Seven, maybe? <laughs> Is a contraption more sophisticated than a machine yes a contraption well it's not more sophisticated a contraption is more complicated not necessarily more sophisticated a contraption listen on gilligan's island when the professor builds a jetpack out of coconuts that's a contraption the large hadron collider is a machine (laughs) that's that's what i'm gonna say the large hadron collider that the professor makes out of coconuts that's a gray area Oh my god, we're doing Gilligan's Island after this. I know, I've seen, I think I've seen one episode of Gilligan's Island and a lunchbox for it, and that that (laughs) forms the basis of my novel. But he's got a coconut jetpack on the lunchbox. I've seen every episode. Um, What? Really? Yes. You haven't seen Sopranos, but you've seen Gilligan's Island, a show that, you weren't born... Wait, the movie where they get rescued and yeah. there's the satellite. Oh, Jesus. Have I seen the Gilligan's Island movie? <laughs> Folks, I'm you sorry. We're not talking about home improvement. Um, okay. Contraptions. He's using the bobby pin he's thing. bobby pin to hold the nail to get the thing in there. Uh, and this is the, the, like, I mean, we've had tastes of Tim being the practical joker before this, but, like, he goes balls to the wall on this, uh, this episode. <laughs> Yeah, we see more of that that owl fight or flight response we were talking yeah. about last week. By which I mean flight or which flight response. They missed a huge "I don't think so, Tim" moment here because <laughs> Tim asks Al, he's like, "Would you hold the bobby pin for me?" And Al's like, uh, "You're missing the whole point. The bobby pin is so that you can do it yourself." Without yeah, holding. he's like, "But I want you to be a big part of the the show." And blah 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 blah. You're, you're my partner. Well, I, the first of of two pieces of continuity to the previous episode where he is like kind of stressing to Al his value to the show mm. and why he wants him to be on there. The, the second Good catch, yeah, I know this. The, it's weird. I'm the, this episode legitimately shocked me with a piece of continuity to a previous episode, <laughs> the likes of which I would like you don't see anywhere except like BoJack Horseman, the like right. episode to episode tie-in. <laughs> uh anyway so go they're on set they're yeah. doing this demo and t- so al agrees to hold the bobby pin and tim like it's like doing it very delicately tap, like tap very tap, tap. yeah and then he like rings his hand up really fast and uh al thinks he's gonna smash it doesn't um 
Really you, can't, you can't have to be there. I mean, it's yeah. it's funny. Just trust us. It's not that funny. Um, wow, dude. <laughs> I thought you liked this episode. That part, I did. That part isn't on the clip shows. <laughs> um, anyhow, so they they interject this moment by saying that they have a letter that they want to read. Uh, this is where the episode really gets good. So Tim reads this letter that's been sent in. Who brings the letter to him? The letter is brought out by Lisa the mailwoman. Wearing overalls yeah. and a mailman's cap. Yes. Now, I gotta be honest. The last time Lisa was on, I suggested that she was wearing uh, short overalls. I remember that. Yeah, I don't. Now that I saw her in full overalls, I'm wondering if I was completely incorrect. I feel like they weren't. They didn't buy two separate pieces of wardrobe for her. <laughs> this time, it, she doesn't get woos when she walks she out, which I guess is an improvement. Very, yeah. yeah, it was a very strange, like, very silent. She just walks out, and I was like waiting for that that audience reaction. There was nothing. They I, gave her nothing. Yeah, well, Lisa's well, going home crying tonight over that bookcase that Al broke. Oh, he, oh, he, he, he didn't he didn't he set it up properly. I, I think I think yeah. I think Lisa's going to go home and say, well, you know, they didn't cat call me. They just respected me based on my ability to wheel out a mail cart and <laughs> hand them a letter and then walk away again. <laughs> oh my god! So there's a moment here though. So as Tim's walking across the set to uh, read this letter, I still didn't notice the circuit board. I wasn't even paying attention. Oh my god! You gotta watch out for I, the circuit board. I'm not paying close attention. Um, you'll see it at some point, and when you do, you'll never be able to unsee it. Gotcha. Um, so as he's crossing the set, there's this uh, tarp laid out, and Al. <laughs> I don't know why. It seems like a strange moment. I thought the letter was going to be there. I thought it was spray painted on their floor. <laughs> so there's just this weird blanket lying on the ground, and Al, as Tim's walking over, Al kind of scurries and then grabs it and whips it off the ground like he's a magician or a toreador. <laughs> yeah, and I honestly had to wonder: Is Al a magician in his spare time? With all this loneliness that he has, and he's doing like you can see him like it starts with him flipping cards into a hat, just kind of at the end of his bed, Groundhog Day style. Yeah, of course, very good. And then uh, it, it morphs into like the rings. <laughs> snap two rings together. The handkerchiefs, like hold on to this, and he pulls them yeah. out, and it's a million different ones. He's just going to IKEA over and over and over again, getting different dishes so that he can practice whipping this uh <laughs> tablecloth off with all the dishes on that's how that that's how he's gonna find a wife that's how he's gonna meet uh <laughs> it's like to meet girls man he yeah. negs them and then does some magic for them or maybe he's getting lessons from sir larry oh. you you just wrinkled my brain that's a real <laughs> one right there sir larry plot twist still in the box uh, they've drilled a hole in the side for yeah. air and to push food into, but uh, Sir Larry is training him to be, or Sir Larry's his father all along. Yeah, we never actually see Sir Larry's son. Maybe it is Al. When they wrote episode three of Home Improvement with Sir Larry in it, they did. <laughs> they never thought people were going to talk about Larry Houdini this much. Sir Larry Houdini. Sir Larry Houdini. Um, OBE. Okay, so he, Tim reads this letter. It's from K&B Construction Company. Yeah. Very, very important title because that... Those guys come back in the series over and over and over again. They do? I didn't realize. Okay, we've actually found some real recurring yeah. characters, this not just ones we joke about. The first of 11 appearances over the course of the series. You wickied this, didn't you? Or, are you just, <laughs> or is this just Rain Man again? I'll leave that to your imagination. Okay. <laughs> so he reads this thing, this letter sent in by the K&B construction guys, um, saying that uh, they get hungry on the job site, don't often have the time to go and 
uh, get food. So they have taken to making food while constructing while constructing well although one guy's a mechanic we'll get to that they come in <laughs> in later in the episode but he's just reading the thing it ends with uh tim saying cooking with more power uh that's their whole shtick and he's saying stay tuned we'll let yeah yeah so we cut back home tim's like getting amped up for this cooking segment on the show oh my god and yes. he's he's making his chili with with a big old sack of jalapenos is it a big old i mean that's <laughs> Probably about how many jalapenos I go through in a month. R- really? I get <laughs> wicked heartburn from jalapenos. They're the only thing that gives me heartburn. I eat jalapenos so often. Really? Yeah, I put them in everything. I okay. Well, I had some earlier today. Really? I had an entire jalapeno earlier today. Just, just like, just straight out of the thing. <laughs> just ate it. No, I don't eat them raw. At least I haven't yet. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll well, try we'll that. get to it, man. How are you yeah. going to get your numbers up? Uh, well, he pull he pulls a he pulls a bag of jalapenos out of the fridge yeah. that is large enough that it gets a reaction from the crowd <laughs> it's true yeah it's so like he just came home from costco <laughs> and uh and he got he got those blister packed with 20 gallons of tostitos fiesta cheese <laughs> uh but so yeah, he's he's making this chili and i'm really excited i kind of am into i'm just i am just now in real life outside of making the podcast i am only just now starting to cook like my parents got me a crock pot i'm actually learning to be an adult and so <laughs> and i'm making a lot of kind of soups and shit where you just throw a lot of stuff into it i cook yeah. a lot with cauliflower which is a plot point in this episode our little truman's growing up i know i know uh our little truman is the terrible spinoff of my little pony <laughs> Uh, it, it is not followed by, uh, children or a creepy fan base of older men. Um, but so I don't know. I like seeing Tim being into cooking and being excited about doing something that is kind of traditionally feminine, right Right. on down to him wearing the apron with like chef master, super chef. chef, Yeah. Um, yeah. And so while he's making his, uh, happy trails rootin' tootin' chili, uh, which this is uh, set up for your favorite line of the episode. Yeah. I, this, yeah, this has gotta be my, well, there's one other content. I think okay. th- this is not my. This is this is probably my second runner-up. My first runner-up. Uh, this is so he, he says I'm making a batch of my rootin' tootin' chili, and Jill comes by and says, "Well, if I know you're chili, it's certainly gonna be tootin' afterwards." <laughs> and it just you know, it's just I've heard a lot of fart jokes in my life, and I didn't see that one coming, and it was <laughs> it was kind of a nice farty little surprise. Yeah, it was. And meanwhile. Uh, Brad and Randy are watching this alien movie on television. Yeah. Tim's very into it. He's seen it a million times. Yeah. Uh, And Mark is alone at a table. This is a very subtle foreshadowing. Not (laughs) included in the movie watching. He's drawing a picture uh, of his mom. Now, I just want to take a brief uh, pause here to say 90% of times when you see something on TV or film where someone has like a photograph or a drawing or something... You kind of every once in a while you get like a little glimpse of it, and you're like, "That's that. That's not what they're actually looking at. What they're talking yeah. about isn't what they're actually looking at." Yeah. This you get a very very in passing glance at this drawing. I I, I missed it. I, I was oh, you ta- did. I was taking you know, like I kind of briefly saw like I knew that it was maybe a little more anatomically correct than it should have yes. been. Yeah. Well, I'm it was still like drawn in kid's hand. Sure. But uh, there were two big old boobs on this picture that. Mark drew of his mother. Yeah. Uh, which, there's a lot there. <laughs> which is why I kind of saw half a glimpse, and I was like, did I just see that? Yeah. I, I said, you can't do that on television in the, <laughs> in the year that you did this. <laughs> Mark, def- I mean, there's no close-up of it that you don't actually see. I don't think they ever intended for us to see it. But, um, 
there's some jokes there. It's uh, but the point is that Mark isn't included with uh, Brad and Randy, which is obviously what comes into play later in this episode. And uh, Brad and Randy decide we're gonna go to the park. Uh, they take off, and they're despite Jill trying to get them to uh, take Mark with them, they bolt. Yeah, they're just out of there. Yeah, and Mark's like, man, they left me at home. And this is where Mark turned for me a little bit. And I'm hoping Sad it's just, sack. just this one episode where he went from being this cute, funny little kid to kind of the whiny. Yeah, kid. the kind of the whiny little brother who yeah. our siblings all, or not our siblings, our friends all had because <laughs> yeah. we didn't have siblings. We didn't have siblings. Um, it, it was still sad, but um, you know, Tim decides like in this moment we have to torment brad and randy and jill's like no 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 no. we got to do some actual parenting here we have to (laughs) sit them down we have to talk to them tell them that they have to include mark because we're a family union tim's like no 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 no. you don't understand you didn't have little brothers i had a little brother (laughs) yeah and it's it's the right of well first tim is trying to paper over that's even a problem it's like oh well older brothers torment younger brothers and that's just what happens and uh yeah, and then but then he then Jill insists it's a problem, and Tim is like, then we just have to torment them back. And I don't really see the. I have to be on Team Jill here. I don't really see the clear line between you're not treating your brother right, so we're gonna torment you. Hmm. Uh, you know, look, I. But also, whenever they try and whenever they try and talk to the kids on this show to get them yeah. to do the right thing, it never works. When they have the well, kids right. run around the backyard of the raw chicken, then it fixes everything. Now I'm not gonna impose this thought process on Tim, but. By tormenting them, they are forcing them. They're using their own weapon, which is to torment their little brother. They're using that torment to bring the family together as a unit. So despite their uh, Brad and Randy's intentions of trying to separate themselves, Tim is using the, the weapon of torment to bring them closer to Mark, closer to Tim, closer to Jill. Okay, that's fair. Like I said, I don't think that was going through Tim's head. But it, but, w- no, but I see how that works. <laughs> can can I say one other thing that Please. is kind of off off of all of this? We say on this show, I mean, of the three boys, Brad and Randy are kind of their own unit, and Mark is often left out. Yep. We say Brad and Randy a lot. Whenever we say Brad and Randy, I think about the opening song from a Rocky Horror Picture Show, Science Fiction Double Feature, because there's this line in it that's like, See androids fighting, Brad and Janet. And I always think Brad and Randy. So, I don't know, maybe we rewrite that to be about home improvement at some point. Hey, yeah, we do it. We're going to be doing this podcast for the rest of our lives, so we have time. So, um, we go into... Uh, we leave that scene just realizing that Tim and Jill have, obviously, different parenting ideas also tim's idea to torment the boys i think this is what didn't work for me or this is what about his logic didn't click for me his idea to torment the boys is to put cauliflower in the chili and say it's rabbit brains and given that (laughs) that's right given that two episodes ago they had to have a talk well they tried to have a talk with the boys about not being too gross at the dinner table i feel like the kids would be like rabbit brains that's rad (laughs) pogs let's do it (laughs) pokemon cards that will be popular in like six years (laughs) Uh, so, so I don't think that yeah. rabbit brains are the way to go. Unfortunately, they don't follow that. Uh, I had a lot of pogs growing up. I had a few pogs. I had no Pokemon. I fell in this weird generation where I was like pre-Pokemon, but right on with everything else. I, like, I was, I was in the Pokemon, like, Pokemon was happening when I was there, but I just wasn't into it. I yeah. just never liked it. 
I was working at uh, Kmart at the time Oof. when the Pokemon games came out, Pokemon Yellow, Pokemon Blue. Um, and so I remember they were like such a hot commodity. Everyone came in. I worked in the electronics department. And everyone came in asking for Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. And at that point, I was, you know, 15, 16 years old, just going, God damn, these fucking kids coming in here asking for, get off my lawn. What are they? I just (laughs) became a curmudgeon very early in my life. Oh, me too. And I didn't even have to work at Kmart. (laughs) Um, So uh, Brad and Randy come back from the park. Jill sits them down with Tim. We're like, we're going to, we're going to have this talk with them. You're, we're gonna do this as a team yeah despite us having differences opinions here we're gonna sit there and tim's like he has this very long-winded way of saying like she's gonna say everything but i'm also saying it and so when she's saying it know that i'm saying it too so she's gonna say the thing so say what i want to say yeah <laughs> what, what what are we trying to say honey yeah yeah he, he's 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 parenting in the most cruise control way possible. Yeah, no, he's just biding his time until he can torment them. Yeah. Because he knows it's not going to work. Also, he's got some chili to focus on, so the man's, the man's <laughs> attentions are he distracted. He's still wearing his apron in that episode, uh, uh, scene. Yes. But, uh, yeah, Tim's not invested in it, but he goes with it. Um, <laughs> Randy, this scene is, like, one of JTT's first, like, star moments, I feel like. Really? He's leaning back in the chair. He's, like um upstaging uh zachary ty bryant I, I don't know if it was intentional or not but like he takes the seat and he's leaning back he's got like the alpha dog pose well he's wearing like a letterman jacket and he's in middle yeah. school <laughs> but he's he's sitting in a position where brad has to keep his back to the cameras yeah and he's got this smarmy like he's throwing all the lines back in tim's face and he's like just being general randy dick do, do you think that the next season of the fx tv series feud is going to be about the feud between jtt <laughs> and and ztb on the set of hi <laughs> uh i don't know i just i i feel like there's an interesting story there to be told about like when when it became clear that of the three boys jtt was the one who was going to be famous and yeah. how it affected the other two and and yeah. what happened backstage i would love that story the dynamic between their parents and their management teams well, there, that's what i'm really looking there for. there is some i don't want to call it drama but there there are uh, stories to be told uh much later in the series legends yeah <laughs> I don't know that I would consider them legends. Passed down from generation of home improvement crew member to generation of home improvement crew member. Oh, mysteries. Let's put it as a mystery. Mysteries? Yeah. In that I'm not going to talk about it for another two years. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> um, okay. It's to, so it's to keep you guys on the hook. <laughs> we go, the next scene's in the basement. And I, before we even get into the story of what's happening down here. There is so much weird shit in their basement. Yeah, I haven't... It, it, well, there's a big thing of jet fuel that's jet framed fuel. in at the beginning. What they're the hell? In, they're in the basement. So Tim is in the basement looking for a big pot to put his chili in. Why wouldn't this be in the kitchen? Who knows? What also was he cooking the chili in if he... De- so, yeah, he's looking for a big pot. But the first thing we see is him framed in with a big... Like a gallon of jet fuel or a... a tub of jet fuel just like a breaking bad size bin and it's blue of where they melt down the guys and put them in the thing yeah and also it's so close to the camera that it's like a forced perspective shot that it looks like it's bigger than tim 
the, and and so now there's this whole like subplot yeah. like is there like what is he going to do with the jet fuel yeah yeah well obviously more power he's saving for something up the jet fuel to like put it in his lawnmowers and all their other shit that he's doing yeah um the other thing that i noticed he actually it's a prop that he touches in the background of a scene is a wooden duck. I noticed that too. <laughs> this other tie-in from from like the the last episode. Yeah. I this, they must have shot these on the same day. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. I mean, it was it was an interesting callback if it happened to even be a callback. But but they're they're down there and they he and Jill have this weird conversation. Mm. It, they just kind of effortlessly. She comes down to check on him. Yeah, and they just kind of start talking about music. <laughs> Yeah, and Jill, it turns out, is a aficionado of music trivia. Yeah, and it, but it just we kind of get into it because, well, he, he finds his strobe light from college. Yeah, which I should mention, my father went to Western Michigan University with Tim Allen. Oh man, how are the how are the parties in his dorm? Was he as was, was he as big of a disco dancer <laughs> well, me, as he seems to be in in this show? <laughs> I'll be more specific. He went. He attended at the same time. As Tim Allen, he didn't oh. attend with them. They weren't like desk buddies or anything. Did well, so so he he never he never say bought cocaine from Tim Allen <laughs> before before the the faithful uh, incident. Uh, I'm sorry, Tim Allen. It's it's worth make it's worth mentioning once. We won't we won't go too hard on it. I know I, you're listening. <laughs> I I actually don't know much about my father's past. Maybe maybe not. Maybe he was an accomplice with Tim Allen. Maybe he's the one who got away. <laughs> Dad, if you're listening. Uh, Call in, let us know if you had any cocaine experiences with Tim Allen. And Landon's dad, this is also not a live show, so calling in would be weird. Just, yeah, call me. Yeah. Call call your son, <laughs> Mr. Solano. What the hell? Uh, so also, they're, so they're down there. Yeah. And he mentioned, but the thing that, that, that got me about that scene is he, he refers to Jill as an evil woman. And I think to myself, oh, evil woman, that's probably like my, my number 14 favorite ELO song, because ELO is my favorite band. And Jill goes, Electric Light Orchestra, 1976. <laughs> and I'm just even more Team Jill than I ever was uh, before. I've never seen Truman more excited in my life than that moment. It's like it's like oh she she likes the thing that I like that's relatable to me. <laughs> Is Jill your favorite now? Yeah, Jill's my favorite now. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, but you know, any anybody you could get. <laughs> I don't know. You, you could if if in Saving Private Ryan, that German soldier who eventually stabs the guy in the heart in the last scene, if he said like Electric Light Orchestra, Mister Blue Sky, <laughs> Diary of Horace Wimp, I would have I would have suddenly been a fan of him too. So that's really not a good wow. Measure. So ELO can really just pave over a lot of conflict in your life. I think that if if more people listen to ELO, the world would be a better place. No one no one believes me. <laughs> That so that was my biggest takeaway from the scenes that they mentioned yeah. my favorite band. You please, I'm sure you have things to say. Well, I mean, so they they start going through this music trivia off. You know, <laughs> she's throwing stuff at him. He doesn't get any of it. She he's throwing stuff at her. She's just picking up random uh, phrases he says and yeah turns them into song titles. And she's and free associating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but then she drops the the bomb on him and says, "Can you name the song that we first slow danced to?" And he cannot. And she makes a wager with him that if he can, he's going to get a little afternoon delight. Uh, it, it's what was the song like? Uh, he says something about the first, the first song we like the the first song we listened to 
in the back seat of the car or whatever yeah. when they when they like lost their virginities or whatever had sex for the first time was touch me in the morning and she says i'll touch you in the afternoon if you can think of the first song we slow dance to <laughs> which and you know man i gotta admit these people these people fuck a lot during the daytime with their three kids around. They do. There must be, again, because the kind of the layout and floor plan of this house is mysterious to us. We don't yeah. know the upstairs halls. We well, don't I'm know the exterior. Figure this out. I feel like Tim has probably added, you know, like the Winchester Mystery House in uh, where it's like, it's like in Northern California, the heiress to the Winchester fortune in the 1800s was this, uh, or the early 1900s was this woman who was very superstitious and was very rich. And so she built this gigantic mansion that she kept adding on to with like secret passages and doors and Stairways things that lead to nothing. Yeah. To like evade ghosts. So I like to think that Tim has just hidden secret like fuck spots throughout the house that he ingests. So whenever secret panels and stuff, yeah, it's yeah. just it's just like you know they go they go they open the linen closet and he like pulls a stairway out of it and they climb inside. <laughs> Quick, you know, five minute handy back wow. down in time for dinner. Yeah. I wouldn't put that past him at all. I, I mean, that's because again, he's not going to improve the house enough that that his tools don't fall off of the pegboard when right. his wife slams a door. But he will hide sex compartments. <laughs> Sex compartments. Also, sex compartments is the name of my band. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is apropos of nothing, but I just love that uh, Jill called herself the High Priestess of Pop, <laughs> uh, and I want I want to refer to her from the rest of the series as the High Priestess of Pop. She's the High Priestess of Pop and the High Priestess of Opera. This episode, by the way, <laughs> earlier Tim makes yet another reference to Madame Butterfly. Yeah. Which, like Madame Butterfly is the sister culture to this show. They keep coming back to Madame <laughs> Butterfly. Like, it's not every show you know where what. Like, I don't know what Fraser Crane's favorite opera is, but I know what Jill Taylor's favorite opera is. <laughs> Madame yeah. Butterfly. Yep. Or at least that's what Tim thinks her favorite opera is. Maybe it's, they, they went and saw Miss Saigon once, and that, that's. <laughs> and Tim knows the connection there. Yeah. So we go outside. Uh, Brad, Randy, and Mark are out there, mm-hmm. and. Brad and Randy, even after being talking to, talking to, talking to, talked to, you talking to me, <laughs> they, uh, they decide they're going to bully. They're going to straight up sadistically bully their younger brother, Mark. Yeah. Um, the way that, uh, Randy's brain goes with this one, which Randy is like the grandmaster flash flash. He, he's like orchestrating all of this stuff. Like, Brad is just along for the ride. He's, like, the muscle. Yeah. Randy is the brain. Br- Brad is the hype man, and yeah. Randy is the main rapper. Yeah. Yes. I would 100% <laughs> say that holds water. Uh, well, they, they seem to be almost like a prison gang at times, and, and Mark is just the new guy at Shawshank, <laughs> and they just keep beating up on him. <laughs> yeah. And in, in this scene in particular, Randy really just feels like a sociopath. Yeah, he's just he's lying and he's taking pleasure in lying, holding other people down, manipulating. So what his brain goes to is from the the movie that they're watching at the beginning of the movie or beginning of the episode and says that he and Brad are aliens and that uh, Mark better watch out or he they're going to suck his blood because they have these mouths on the back of their head. And uh, they call them. 
<laughs> what were the the alien names that they came? Oh God, Zelnot I... and Zortan. Oh man, which are solid alien names to come up with off the off the dome. Like you, you right now listening, try and come up with an alien name right now. It's more than likely going to start with a Z. Yeah, well, almost every alien name off the cuff starts with a Z, or they start with an X that is pronounced like a Z. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, maybe these were with X's. We don't really know. Who knows? But Mark is really gullible. I mean, he's young. It's forgivable, I guess. But uh, Randy really, really gets into it, uh, saying, you got to walk backwards. That's the only way we're not going to be able to to suck your blood because we have our lips on the back of our heads. Which, I still don't understand that logic exactly, but... It, it's it's just a next-level goof to do on your brother. And yeah. and I have to give Brad props. Brad just... He, he is... I feel like this kid is going to get way into improv in college because he's all <laughs> about just yes and... Yep. and just going along with whatever it is. Uh, but... Um, Mark does it. Mark just starts walking backwards, and I felt so bad for him. But, and, but the crowd took joy in it. There was a big laugh for that. There was that. a big laugh. They did give him... I also gave him a big awe earlier when he first, like, shuffles out when the when the boys don't want to go to the park with him. I actually wrote awe right before the audience said awe, <laughs> and I felt like God. I, I wrote... <laughs> You felt like Wilson, you mean? I felt like Wilson. Uh, I I wrote I wrote down they must have installed an an awe sign next to the applause <laughs> sign for this episode. That's um, funny. And wait, and was there another scene with the? Wait, when did we go back with the cooks? With the uh, with the uh, other? We're coming. Oh, to that. Okay, yeah, yeah, we got one more little. Uh, we come back from a commercial break. We're in the kitchen, um, and Jill is like, "This is a really really touching moment." I don't know why it got me, but Mark is walking backwards. And he says, he comes right out with it. says that Mark and, uh, I'm sorry, Randy and Brad said that you guys are all aliens, that you have blood-sucking uh, lips on the back of your head. And Jill's like, oh, come on, Mark. Don't You should know better. Come here and look. And she sits down on the chair, leans forward, and pulls her hair back. She's like, look, I have no lips on the back of my head. And it was like such a touching little moment. You have to take a second to remember that these these two people aren't related and that, you know, yeah. they're just being paid to be there that day. Because she really, you know, it feels like she's got real affection for him. Yeah, absolutely. Acting. <laughs> and maybe she, maybe she actually liked him too. Who knows? But. Could be. But I, I mean, it's one of those moments where I'm like, oh, man, Patricia Richardson's the best. It, it's a scene where they, like, I think another sitcom would have written in a joke. But this one, they were just like, no, we'll just rely on the strength of these performers. They all are really good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and writing for them, I feel like, even. Um, and Tim calls himself the Master Tormentor. Yes. Uh, he's like, now that your plan has failed, obviously, since he's walking backwards now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the big guns to come out. The Master Tormentor is here. And and it gets a big whoop from the crowd. Yeah. The crowd just goes nuts it for this. It got a big whoop from my heart. Yeah. <laughs> I was super excited the second that those gloves came off. I gotta say, by the way, so so this was the plot line. And if you can remember back to episode two, folks, when a similar thing happens, where Brad and Randy tell a lie <laughs> to uh, Mark about the nature of his relationship with his parents, right? Uh, and in that one, in that one, I was expecting Tim and Jill to, to get get one over on the other boys. Now it's finally happening. Yeah. Now it's everybody's in on on pranking the kids. Maybe they recognize the missed opportunity, and they're like. You know what? That's a whole episode. Let's yeah. just do it. Yeah. 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 Um, so we go from that to the KMB construction guys. Oh my god. We're by, on the tool time set. By way of a by way of a UFO transition where it <laughs> irises into the shape of a UFO. There the transition game has gone from zero to a, a billion. It's they added more power to their transitions. Growing. 
Yeah, like in the last two episodes, there have been so many shatter transitions, the UFO irises. Yeah. It's great. They they must have been like, well, we have a hit on our hands. Let's throw the extra money in there to get these transitions in. To invent new ways of going <laughs> from one scene to the next. The real pioneers yeah. in, in transition technology. <laughs> so we, we are introduced for the first time to the K&B construction guys, which I have to just pause for a second. Pause. Last week, we talked about Al potentially being... A sleeper agent. Yes. From Russia. Yes. This is a bit of a stretch, I realize, but K and B. And they're just waiting for a G. <laughs> there is no G. I, I will concede to that, obviously. But but yeah, K and B. Two out of three ain't bad. So we're introduced to, um, oh my God, this guy's name. Okay, so <laughs> we're first introduced to Rock Lanigan. That that's the character's name. That is the character's His name. His name is Brock Landers. <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. So we're introduced to uh, Rock Lanigan, yeah, who is one of the construction guys. Who were there? Okay, so there are three guys that make up KMB Construction. There's Pete, there's Rock, and there's uh, Dwayne. And, and uh, we only really get big performances from two of them in this episode. It's true, yeah. Uh, but there's ten more for them to, okay. to really okay. shine. Um, and they're here to demonstrate what they said in the letter, which is to make their um, their food using tools. Yeah. The first thing that they make is a grilled cheese, and they make it they make it Benihana style, tossing everything around and catching it and <laughs> flinging it back and forth. Of course, yeah. And I think that they're, I'm kind of bummed there weren't bloopers from this episode with grilled cheese sandwiches flying left and right <laughs> into the audience. <laughs> Uh, we haven't talked about the audience, but uh, yeah. there's a guy in the front row of this episode who just has the longest lot. He looks like, uh, what? what's the, the guy's name from American Movie? Oh, um, oh, oh, yeah. oh, shit, I don't, I don't, I know the one you mean, the main, the main guy, yeah. the one who's directed it. It's, it's, Actually, it, it looks like a marriage of both of them. Coven sounds like oven, it's Coven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, him and, him and his friend who loves yeah. the scratch-offs? If, if they had had a, a child together and he grew up to be into home improvement, he would be this guy on this show. I'm just going to say Wisconsin, Michigan, yeah, right, uh, right, not too far off, more or less. Oh wait, Illinois is in the middle, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, like Michigan, also you could just take a ferry. Across. Yeah, the Edmund Fitzgerald, something yeah. like that. Anyhow, um, so he starts making this grilled cheese and pulls out his blowtorch to to make it. Does both sides actual blowtorch, actual everything? Yeah, he re- does real flame. The whole thing they get a whole uh overhead cam to make sure that they get the shot i i love i i really i feel like for this episode they hired a bunch of crew members or like an ad who works on a cooking show yeah. to make sure that they got this right yeah yeah and it's uh he does his thing um <laughs> pete says that al is his hero which i thought was really funny pete is this this the bigger of the three of the guys. He's super tall. He has a super long ZZ Top beard mm-hmm. uh, and says that Al is his hero and that kind of made my my heart swell a little bit. Yeah, Al finally getting his yeah, due. Yeah, because like no one else on the show is appreciating Al the way Al should be deserved yeah. to be appreciated. Yeah. What? That, that, that was a sentence the I way, said. The, the way Al should be deserved. I get it, man. <laughs> uh, Tim is wearing a, a hard hat that says Timbo on it. Which is, it's my, that's the callback to last episode yeah. where Jimbo Jimbo comes down and then Tim crowns himself Timbo. And now, I, and 
I, I'm just so, that's so impressive to me. Yeah. You actually, one episode to the next. These must have been shot sequentially. I, <laughs> I don't know. It made me really happy. Yeah. No, it was a great callback. A good little cohesive uh, piece to the series, or first season at least. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the one thing is, he he's doing the blowtorch on the, the grilled cheese. And then he hands it to Tim. He does this like he like shoves it right in his face. Like, yeah. try that on Tim. Yeah. And Tim takes a bite of it. He blowtorch it for all of like two seconds. Yeah. There's it, no way the cheese inside of that thing is hot. But yeah. Tim it, like scolds his mouth. <laughs> well, Tim had to injure himself somehow. It's yeah, in his contract. Course, yeah. Also, these guys, I feel like they hired the actors for this. I think these actors were part of a troop of street performers who are good <laughs> at throwing things to each other because half of their shtick is like one of the guys throws a thing of, of seasoning salt like across the studio and one guy catches it and seasons the the sandwich and then chucks it back the other direction. Landon right now on his supercomputer looking up whether these guys are a traveling troop of street performers. No, there's the, the flying uh, Karamazov brothers. I totally butchered that. But Karamazov. They, they are a group of... Uh, Street performing jugglers. What? That's who these that, guys are. What you exactly just described. Oh, is I, a thing that exists. Oh, perfect. Okay, that's that's good. Okay, I feel glad about that. I've got I've got an eye for street performers. Yeah. And they're in an episode of Seinfeld. Oh, were they were they doing their throwing shtick or is it just all? Yeah, very, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. They go. Seinfeld goes to. Um, yeah, it's called the jacket. I think is. The oh, episode. I remember this one. They take the jacket off of him. Yeah, and, yeah. has the crest on it, and um, yeah, it's a different show. Yeah, completely. <laughs> and there's a lot of podcasts about that yeah. one. So uh, here's here's the the other interesting thing. So it goes to um, Dwayne, who's the shortest of the three K and B construction workers. Dwayne is a mechanic, uh, which I guess is a subset of construction. I don't quite I, understand how that I don't know. There. Yeah. His whole um, recipe is he's doing a kebab on an oil uh, dipstick. Dipstick. Thank you. I couldn't, my brain stopped there. And so he's putting vegetables and stuff on this dipstick. And then he, what he says he does is he wraps it in foil, puts it on an engine block and cooks it that way. Mythbusters actually did an episode of this. Oh, so finally, it actually, they actually do start tackling the real questions in the world. They do, yeah. And? Can you do you that? You can do it. You yeah? can legitimately create an entire... I think they do a Thanksgiving meal on uh, the Mythbusters show using nothing but the engine block. They, like, they make all of the stuff. They prep it all, put it in the car. Then they start driving to the, the um, destination where they're going to eat the food, and it's cooked by the time they get there. Is it good? Well, that's all in how you make it. Well, I feel like you get some reactions <laughs> from them, whether it's good or not. I mean, do they, well, I guess, did they have to cancel it because a bunch of them died? They got Freon poisoning. <laughs> Is Freon in cars? Who knows? Yeah. Oh, and air conditioning. Yeah. There you right? Go. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. a thing. I think so. Yeah. Uh -huh. we, by this time, we should have learned something. I learned what oil did last week. <laughs> this week, I learned what Freon is. Yeah. Uh, uh, but the, so the, the only thing I have to say about this is the audience, both the tool time audience and the real audience, which is the same audience. Yeah. Um, they are super into the KMB construction guys. Oh yeah. I this, mean, they, they legitimately have like the biggest reactions of the entire series so far, which is how they get invited back 10 more times. Yeah. These uh, construction workers who don't build anything, they just do cool stunts. <laughs> So after we're on set with the boys making the food, we yeah. just have some good, some good goofers, some good jokes, some jokes and some japes, 
And then we're back to the house. Yeah, it's nighttime now. Yes, in the oh, backyard. it's game time, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tool time is game time. <laughs> Brad and Randy are sneaking downstairs. Uh, they're going to, like, Mark is waiting outside. He's already, like, he's alerted Tim. He's like, okay, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. Jill's on the couch. We don't really see her too much. Yeah, Tim is hiding in the traditional hiding spot behind the <laughs> fake bush. <laughs> the one bush on the other side of the Wilson fence. Yeah. Uh, Brad and Randy come down. They're like, oh, he's outside already. They have no idea what's going on. Um, they sneak outside. Mark is out there looking for the aliens. Mm-hmm. And Brad and Randy are telling them to get into position. They back up away from him. And the second that they hit the, the porch, the spotlight hits them. Yeah. And Anagata DeVita starts playing. And a strobe light starts and going. And the strobe light starts going. And then Tim comes out in this massive welder's uniform with the Christmas lights strewn about him. Uh, and she starts to chase Brad and Randy around. And they are freaking out. Yeah. It's uh, the aliens come to life. They go, they try to open the doors. All of the doors have mysteriously been locked. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how they got outside with it being locked. Well, well, they, well, because Jill was inside. She locked them after they went out. Oh, gotcha. Duh. Oh. <laughs> Continuity. If it's not on camera, doesn't <laughs> happen. Um, so anyhow, they go, they rush back over to try open the, the door. Jill's on the couch and she like sits up. And she has these big glowing eyes with these like fake jaw teeth, alien teeth, yeah, from a uh, Bond, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, Richard Keel teeth, yeah, pour one out because <laughs> he died. Did he? A while back, I mean, yeah, everyone oh. dies, Landon, but Richard Keel especially died like in the past five years. Oh wow, yeah, didn't know that. He was my favorite Bond villain back in the day. So anyway, on this episode of Home Improvement. <laughs> um they freak out yeah and they tim gets his big uh torment moment and um and, and then and then he and jill are down in the basement celebrating and he plays mm-hmm. for her the song they first slow dance to yeah and they slow dance to it and you know what the song was oh fuck i don't know what the song was it wasn't an electric light orchestra song how the hell would i know <laughs> it was without you by harry nilsson oh. which is a fantastic song and fantastic artist but harry nilsson is underrated song i have been ru- it's been ruined for me by rules of attraction. I cannot hear it without seeing someone slit their wrist. Ah. It's uh it's really really intense. God. Yeah. What I like about the scene in the basement, I'm just going to move it away from suicide if that's cool with you. <laughs> what I like about the scene in the basement is Skull, that Jerry. <laughs> is that Tim and Jill are dancing and Jill says, "So did you prank the boys because you thought it would teach them a lesson or did you prank the boys because it was going to be a lot of fun?" And, well, like she basically, I don't remember the rest of the conversation, but she pretty much, they, they both kind of admit like, yeah, this was, this didn't really do anything. This is just for us. And they kind of, I think that wraps up the whole episode, really. Yeah. It's just like, this wasn't supposed to be meaningful. We're not trying, this isn't our Emmy submission for the year. This right. is just fun. We're, we're fun people to watch. There's some good goofs. Right. There's some good bits. Everybody likes Inagata Navita. That's not true. It's not widely loved, but it's, <laughs> it's a classic. It is by a generation. Yeah, certainly. By the generation that was probably a little older than we are, or basically our age. Yeah, yeah. yeah, When this aired. I can dig dig on that song. I have it on vinyl. I was just really hoping that they would have played Evil Woman, although that's not as alien sounding (laughs) a song, except for that four bar stretch near the end. I will say, though, Tim earned his afternoon delight. I, you know. He uh, found the song, Without You, the song that they first slow danced to, plays it. 
He's going to get touched in the afternoon. But yeah, but it's not like that afternoon. I feel like part of the the allure of her saying that is we're going to do it in the after, like right now. Yeah. But so instead, like, I don't know if they're dancing at night. The timeline on when Tim is going to get uh, some action is is all messed up. Also, I should point out when Jill first says uh, you'll get some afternoon, you know, well, you'll get touched in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tim makes some joke about doing it and then Jill, or like what song they're going to do it to. And Jill says, how about the minute waltz? And that's right. Just more and more jokes that Tim just cannot sustain an erection for terribly long. (laughs) Or just finishes quickly. He just finishes quickly. Hey, you know what? They're so busy. They have these three kids. I mean, you're right. I mean, if they're having sex all the time while the kids are home, you've got to be quick. Yeah, you, you know, there's no time to there's no time to dawdle. There's no time to make it a moment. <laughs> you just got to get in and get out. Yeah, and so that kind of wraps up the episode. Uh, they we're left with a um, <coughs> we're left with a post credit sequence where Tim and Jill are dancing uh, to Anacada de Vida, and. It happens to be in the backyard as one last reminder that we don't see Wilson in this episode. I was thinking that. Yeah, this is the... Because you know what? They don't really have any problems that need Wilson. That's true. Like, yeah. w- Wilson would have... You know, if he'd gone out and asked Wilson, Wilson would have said, like, Well, Tim, brotherly brotherly tormenting is a common part of life, and what you should do is this, this, and this. And yeah. this is just... This is a problem that the Taylors are well-equipped to solve on their own. Well, obviously, because the same advice would have been given that was given a couple episodes ago where they were the fine dining episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. What else would Wilson have said? I mean, going to him with the same problem, my kids are tormenting and being rascals. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he's going to get a lot of the same advice from Wilson, I think over the next 200 <laughs> or so episodes. True. Uh, one thing, just what other piece of housekeeping to mention? I didn't, I didn't talk about the grunt count last week. I'm mm. very bad about this, but so last week, our grunt count uh, got up to 112 because there were 16 grunts in that episode. And uh, this episode, 21 grunts, wow. guys. A lot of heavy clusters of grunting, especially with regard to food. Yeah, so what does that bring us up to? That brings us up to 133 for the series grunt count. Jeez, in eight episodes. I know. Well, it's because so many of them... and. and it's that he will he will just get onto a tear of grunting. Just yeah, he, <laughs> he did, and you don't even realize because when we went to count it, I said that there were three. We rewound it so you could write them all down. There were seven in that moment because because they start to like the crowd. There will be crowd noise or laughing or other because it's right. kind of he'll do it a lot on scene outs or and and so we'll be kind of moving away from the action, but he's still just going and going. Right. Um. But yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of grunting this time yeah. around. Uh, I don't have too much to um, mention in this episode, except uh, that I take a little bit of beef with the IMDb trivia for this, which uh, reads, per the title, the term flying sauces was applied to objects observed in the sky that were thought to be extraterrestrial in nature and described as two sauces, one inverted, beginning in 1947. Today, they are referred to as UFOs or unidentified flying objects. It has never been called a flying sauce. (laughs) I think flying sauces are what you get at a when when there's like a screwball comedy set in an Italian restaurant. Well, that's, that's what this is. I mean, it, flying sauce. It's a play on the food yeah. B story of this episode. Maybe it's like a Bernstein bears Berenstain bears thing where it's actually been flying sauces all along, <laughs> or there's like an alternate universe we've entered where that's what it right. is. Yeah, I. My father is the one that told me that it was called Flying Sauces. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just learning that it was incorrect, and my whole 
My whole spiel is gone. Everyone's been everyone's been lying to you all this time. I know. I'm just learning about life, guys. This is the real conspiracy. It's not whether flying saucers exist. It's what we actually call them. <laughs> um, you have anything else? I have nothing else except for the end of the podcast, which is typically the thing that you do because I don't know all that information, <laughs> even though I've heard it so many times. Um, you guys can find us on all of the the general streaming services itunes google play soundcloud wherever you Stitcher. get your podcasts yeah rate us subscribe comment it helps others find us uh share us if you are that bold uh pr- print out the page from your computer and mail it to your grandparents <laughs> and tell them uh to download this podcast <laughs> write in and we'll we'll send you a transcript yeah every episode. <laughs> um you can find more information on today's episode uh at our website which is grantworkpodcast.com We'll be posting things about uh, today's episode, updating our tallies, etc., etc. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Our handle is GruntWorkPod. Or um, you can follow me at Landon Solano or Truman. Just follow him on the street. Yeah, just, just you know, you can <laughs> he just... He really loves that. Just think good thoughts about me. Pray for me if you want to. You can have that sort of sort of relationship with me. Uh, if any of you, you know, want to want to send me baked goods, we can sort out a, a P.O. box and a poison tester to do that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, if you have any longer questions for us, you can always email us at info at gruntworkpodcast.com. We'll try to respond as soon as we can. We're getting deluged with mail from you. <laughs> just, just so much mail coming in. There's so. been a few. Yeah. Mostly spam. Yeah. But... Um, uh, but but unless you guys are, are offering us herbal Viagra, and it, you know that's what you think that we really need. Listen, we got a really really good offer from a Nigerian prince. Oh really? Yeah. That's how we're gonna fund. Uh, that's how we're gonna pay Tim Allen to come on the show. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's all we got. I think so. Until next week. What time is it? Huh? It's, no, it's game time. Oh, I never get that right. I know, I know, man. I gotta use cue cards. Yeah.